Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Got another great episode for you today. Yeah, we do. Uh, before we start, Angela, you're going to have to stop texting me Disney emojis, though, or we're never going to be able to oh, record man. this. Wait, what, what are you have, telling me I have to put my cell phone down right now? Yes. What have you been doing all day that you've just been texting me Disney emojis? Um, so I made the fatal error of going on the app store, which I can't do. Um, I'm one of those people who can't have apps like game apps on my phone or else I'll just be on them constantly. So I downloaded a Disney app. I downloaded the Emoji Blitz app, which is essentially Candy Crush. Um, with Disney characters. Yeah, with Disney characters, but with the added advantage of being able to earn emo- emojis that you can use on your so phone. So that's what it is. That's the reward is if you w- play enough, you get Disney emojis. Absolutely. Most of them are Mickey Mouse, but you can get things like Simba. And of course, that's what kind of drew me so in. So every time you win a new one, you're sending it to me. Is that how this is working? Basically. Okay. All right. So <laughs> for a half an hour or so, we can we can put it down. We cannot we play. We might it. be safe, but I get a new. You might life. get a little bit of with, withdrawal going. I over get a there. new life like every. I don't even know. I haven't even caught on yet. Like seven to ten minutes. So I mean, I'm mostly out of my lives now. But if this takes too long, I might have to pause. We have to pause the recording so I can, you know, make sure that I play some of those lives because you only can hold up to about five at a time. I think. Okay, so if it sounds like we cut this partway through, then came back and recorded <laughs> it later, it's because Angela started shaking and she had to play the game. But. <laughs> Whatever. But today we're, we're going to be talking about Solo, uh, a Star Wars movie. Just came out this weekend. We actually went to see it Friday night on the opening weekend, and we thought we would kind of talk about it. We will be discussing the movie in detail. So the plot, what we like, what alert. we didn't like. Yes, exactly. Spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you want to go out and see it, you can you know pause now and uh, and then come back to it later. Or... If you're like me and you don't really care if you see spoilers, you can just keep on listening to it. I will say, uh, kind of before we get into the movie, it's not very well received so far. Uh, I think I saw on Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's around 71%, which puts it eighth out of the 10 Star Wars movies. Wow. Wait, what are the two that are below? Do you know? It, the, some of the prequel movies. Oh, yeah. 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 So all, all, all the episodes one, two, and three are kind of the lowest ones at this point. I think actually in, in order, lowest up. One, two, and three. So this is going to be eighth down there. So it's not doing very well. It's underperformed uh, based on the box office projections. This is Sunday. We're recording this. So it it's come in for the four-day weekend yeah. around around $100 million. And Disney was originally projecting 130 to $150 million. Oh, wow. So it's really kind of underperforming. I mean, I don't know. We can maybe give it a grade. I, I would say it was an okay movie. I'd probably maybe give it a, a B- minus rating. I mean, it was decent. If you like Star Wars, it's probably a good one to go see. But if you don't want to go see it in theaters and you want to wait till it comes out on a DVD or something, I don't think you're really missing that much. Angela, what kind of grading would you give it? You're a little generous, I think. Um, I would probably give it somewhere between a C and a C minus because, I mean, I found myself checking my watch at points like, okay, is this over yet? It didn't really hold my attention, but I'll talk about that more in depth in a little bit. So we're kind of middle of the road on it and for anyone uh, who kind of just needs a refresher what the movie's on uh, here's just a quick kind of plot uh, summary that that disney released about the movie so uh it goes board the millennium falcon and journey to a galaxy far far away in solo a star wars story an all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy 
Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of Star Wars Saga's most unlikely heroes. So that's kind of the plot summary. That's kind of the background. Like we said, you know, we both are kind of lukewarm on it. So, but we will be getting into spoilers. So this is kind of your, your last warning. Uh, so like I said, if, if you want to see the movie first. Warning, warning. <laughs> thank you for the sound effects. So if you want to see the movie first. You're welcome. You, you can pause it here. Joe and I uh, have a very expensive soundboard. If, if, do you like my foley artistry it's wonderful you're gonna be getting calls from hollywood there pretty soon but hey, i'm open but if you've seen the movie already or you, you don't mind uh stick around so i think i think everybody that's still here is is ready for for the spoilers Everyone's so. still here yeah, i didn't chase them away with my my warning everybody that's still listening so Angela, so you didn't like the movie uh, as much as I did. I, I thought it was okay. It definitely was not one of the best Star Wars movies. I mean, I think kind of no. being eighth out of tenth probably makes sense because it's yeah. it's definitely not as good as uh, the most recent Star Wars: The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, no. the original three, four, five, and six. And I would say it's not even as good as Rogue One. So yeah, yeah I, it's, I didn't, it's it's yeah. definitely yeah probably Agreed. seventh and eighth. So do you want to get into what you? didn't like about it yeah i kind of biggest to start with the was. negatives sure. and then go over to the positives because there were there were some things that i thought were were good i mean it did yeah. have some some, yeah. some good points yeah i i will say that almost before we told people that like warned them if anybody wants to go see this movie i'm not even kidding like if you have issues with like epilepsy this movie is not uh, there are so many bright flashes on the screen that it, i was like I had to turn away. And usually that does not happen. That was right in the beginning, I'll say, when There we were start. like three or four of them. Like most of them were in the beginning. You're right. But okay. there I, are I some moving, of them. I don't know that that's a big deal. So moving past that, kind of getting into. I, I thought it was jarring. And like I actually didn't like that. And I think that that's a director's choice. Um, sorry, Ron, Ron Howard. Yeah, I just, that was jarring for me. Um, well, you even, bring up, I guess before you get started, because you brought up directors. Yes. So maybe, I, I'm not sure. I think a lot of people that are big Star Wars fans probably know this, but a lot of the general public probably doesn't understand this. So the original directors of this movie were Chris Lord and Phil Miller. They directed the Lego movie. It's probably one of their, their most famous movies. So they were actually hired to direct this movie. They had most of the movie filmed, uh, and then they left the project uh, due to creative differences with, with Lucasfilm, uh, you know, kind of fired or left i'm not sure what you want to choose and ron howard stepped in at, at the last minute pretty quickly and basically from my understanding pretty much refilmed the entire movie mm-hmm. the script allegedly did not change i i heard some of the issues with phil lord and chris miller they were having as they were trying to use a lot of improv they're, they're a very comedic uh, group they also did 21 jump street so they, they oh, do really yeah so they do kind of have comedy background i enjoyed that yeah so that was a good movie so they but they've kind of done more comedic turns so they were trying to make this a more comedic movie and i think that's where a lot of the friction lied so but yeah allegedly the script really didn't change they're working from the same script but i think it probably could have used a little bit more comedy so i think yeah, i see i think could've. i see why they were probably trying to bring more of that that improv into it so well, but but go ahead i just want i just want to mention that cuz i think that may have been some of the the problems with the movie is is the change in director so late but but go ahead you yeah, can get well, to your no you brought you brought up the the comedy and i think that one of the things that makes han solo such an appealing character 
is his wisecracker sort of persona. And as a young guy, you think that you would get more of that, but he seemed very kind of bland. Like he was just sort of a dreamy lover boy who was like very infatuated with this girl who he loved and had a relationship with. And so that like motivation for him, I thought that was weak GMC goal, motivation, conflict. Whenever in the very beginning of the movie, he wants to go back to her. He wants to go back to her. He wants so, to- and the her is, is um, Amelia Clark, um, yeah. Khaleesi. Right. Kiera uh, is her name in the movie. Yeah. And fun fact, it's spelled Q I apostrophe R A, not Kira like K I R A, like I was thinking during the movie. Yeah, so I just didn't. I found that whole little love story, like from the very beginning, I thought it was really see through that she was going to betray him in the end. So I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't get into their love and buy into him wanting to do all these things to get back to her so that he could rescue her just because I knew that that's so you, where they were going to go with it. See, I, I didn't necessarily see that, but I mean, you're kind of jumping right ahead to the end. So I guess we can kind of talk about that. So yeah, basically it, the story kind of follows him. The movie starts with him kind of running away from some guys he just robbed or he attempted to rob. And he's he's on his home planet of uh, Corellia. And he goes back and, he, and he's with uh, Kiera. And then, you know, it, it jumps ahead. They're trying to get off the planet. He makes it off. She doesn't. And then we jump ahead three years. Uh, and he kind of runs into her again when he's on a job trying to to rob somebody else once he uh, meets up with Woody Harrelson's character, Beckett. Yeah, and then ultimately in the end, it turns out she's working uh, for Crimson Dawn, which is the uh, syndicate crime organization, and kind of yeah, basically turns on him. She really doesn't turn on him in the end. I mean, he, she lets him go. He gets away, but she doesn't go with him. I mean, it, it kind of you find out that she's kind of in too deep. I don't necessarily think that she's not a bad person. Right, I don't really right. think. Yeah, she's just kind of in too deep, and she's she's tied she's into the, the organization. She's the character that, in like, well. if they they actually make another few movies, she's the she's that character at the end of it that is either going to have a very tragic death because you feel bad for her because she's you realize she's in too deep, or she's going to turn on Darth Maul. She's going to turn on them and the crime syndicate in the end and come back to the light side. But I doubt that's going to happen because we don't see her you know, in four, five and six, like she's probably going to have to. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's, and that was one of my problems with the movie is that they definitely set it up for sequels. And apparently all the main, uh, actors. So, uh, Alden Ehrenreich who plays Han Solo, Amelia Clark, who we mentioned and Donald Glover who plays Lando are all signed on for multiple movie deals. And that's kind of the one thing that didn't work for me is there was that whole love interest and Han is completely head over heels for, care he's he's yeah. everything he's doing is trying to go back to her he, the job he's on with uh, beckett t- trying to steal the coaxium which ultimately it turns out he was stealing it for paul bettany's character uh, dryden voss who's part of the crimson dawn organization who amelia clark's character kind of works for yeah. so that's how she gets tied back in but he was doing that job to get enough money to buy a ship to go back home to, to kind of go back and, and get her so he's he's so in love with her and when they meet up again, they kind of rekindle that relationship. It never really ends. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it ends. He he kind of gets away. He gets away with it all. They they kill Dryden Voss. Um, they they kind of get rid of everybody. And ha- he sees her flying off. Yeah, and knows yeah. Hansel that she wins, right, and then she and she flies him. off because but, she was supposed to wait for him, right? Right. But again, it really didn't end. And so it seems so strange that he is so in love with her. 
And then when you get to episode four, which really is only about 10 years after, as far as the timeline goes, there's no mention of her at all. Uh, yeah. and, and, and he's in love with Leia. And so it's just like, I mean, I get it that you, you have an earlier love, but then if you're going to have that, it almost just added more loose ends than it needed. And the movie, I just feel like the movie really wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, kind of overall. And that's that was kind of my biggest thing with it. I mean, the plot of the movie is, again, him stealing the coaxium, which is fuel for the ships. But basically, it's kind of tells you everything you already know. So he does the Kessel Run and he gets the Millennium Falcon. That's that's how it ends. He, he, he wins it from Lando in the card game. And so it kind of covers everything. But it's like, what's the point of that movie? We already knew everything about him. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that bugged me about the movie is Tandy Newton, who plays Maeve from Westworld. And um, so she is this character. She is part of the crime syndicate. Her name is Val. And she is with Han's criminal mentor, whose name whose name is T- Tobias Beckett. You've already Beckett, mentioned him, right. which That's is played w- by Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Yeah. During the movie, I just remember like, oh, okay, this is like a cool, respectable woman that is tough and she doesn't immediately accept Han and what he wants to do. Like she's the one that's like, I don't want to take him in, like throw him in with uh, the Wookiee, well, the monster they called him, like get get rid of him. Like they, they betray Han because she doesn't want anything to do with him. But whenever Han comes back, you know, she doesn't accept him right away. So I, I liked her strong personality, but she's killed off in the first yeah, beginning it, part of the she's movie. She's in it for about five minutes. Again, they said the script didn't change. I have to think she originally was in that movie longer. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, because she was, when the cast was first announced, they definitely announced her name. She was definitely in a lot of the, the cast photos. In the later marketing, you didn't really see her. And I see why she's really in it. She's, she's not two in it scenes. Much. It's maybe a total of five minutes. That right. might be generous. Right. Like when and, she dies, her death seems pretty meaningless. Yeah. So she, um, she dies blowing up the bridge. So they're, they're performing they're trying, a heist. They're, yeah, they're trying, they're trying to heist and they're trying to steal a, a cargo train and then they're blowing up the bridge so that the rest of the train crashes. It really made no sense. It wasn't well explained. And after it happened... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key is it wasn't well explained because I looked this up. Like, I I was like, you know, to yeah, me... Yeah, maybe we missed something. Well, to me, it seemed like, you know, she died for the sake of the job. Like, oh, okay, well, I want to make sure that my boyfriend and these new people that I didn't really like anyway, um, make sure that they get the money that they they should get and they can finish the job and it doesn't matter if I die, which was stupid. Like, why would she do that? Well, I can kind of see that because the the team that Han kind of tagged up with is they were in debt. They had to run this job to pay off their debt so that they could go be free and kind of live a free life. It's what every kind of criminal is always vying for. It's that one last job. It's if I just get this heist, if I just make this job, I'll get enough money, I'll be free, I won't have to be in this life anymore. And that kind of is what the whole movie is about of you think you're going to get out of the life, but you kind of stay in it. Same with Han. You know, he thought it's just one job and then it turns out he's this kind of, you know, uh, space pirate for the rest of his life. But yeah, it's like once she died, I, I kind of, I think I turned to you and I was like, what was the point of that? It was, it was really frustrating, especially from the perspective of, you know, like, first of all, from the perspective of a woman. And, and this is the first time that the Star Wars franchise has had a, black woman play a significant role in their movie so you would think that she would stick around a little bit longer and they would make something out of her and the fact that she died in the first act was just a bit confusing and frustrating like there was 
Yeah, she could have stayed around. Like, there wasn't much diversity in the movie. Ultimately, the whole team dies. So in the end, Han kills Woody Harrelson, and Han shot first. So I think I I, I like that. That was a good nod of having Han shoot first because there was always that question of whenever Episode Four originally came out, Han shot first in the cantina, and then when they remastered it. They had him shoot second to make him more. George Lucas wanted to make him more sympathetic, really? and yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the fans were mad because it kind of changed his personality. You like him as the gunslinger, so in this movie, there's no doubt about it. He shot first. He shot Beckett first. There, there was never any doubt. And there was that little caveat like that. too. Whenever he shoots first, and then Beckett's like, "That was a good move. I would have shot yeah. you." It was yeah, almost like, like excusing yeah. him yeah. from that his was actions. A good, that was it. Was a good callback, but ultimately the whole crew died. So I think she could have stayed around longer. And, you know, been killed in some other way. Because it just seemed absolutely yeah. pointless. The job went awry. The, they didn't even get what they wanted. It, it just, it seemed like an absolute waste. I'm not sure why she was in the movie. Again, I think she had to be in it more originally yeah. and just got cut during all the changes. Yeah. The only thing I found, because I did look, again, I looked a little bit more to find out, like, try to justify her death. And it said that she was creating a diversion, which is true, because the Imperial droids came after them so when she made that like everything explode she drew the attention and kind of allowed them to but she was kind of shooting them off anyway she was shooting at them and distracting them to begin with really they they kind of vaguely mentioned that they were going to blow up the bridge because they wanted the rest of the train to crash is i think what they wanted because that's ultimately what happened but it really made no sense i think if the train would have kept going it wouldn't have mattered yeah so but you kind of you mentioned one thing and i I, we kind of breezed past it very quickly, but I kind of want to talk about it. It was at the end of the movie. You mentioned Darth Maul, which a lot of people listening may be surprised to hear because Darth Maul died in episode one. Yeah. And this was movie chopped in half, I believe. Correct. And this movie takes place, like I said, in the timeline, it takes place between episodes three and four. So Han is about 20 years old in this movie. And then in episode four, he's around 29 or 30. So like I said, <laughs> if, bless you, Loki. It's about it's about 10 years before. So Darth Maul being alive in this movie may seem kind of strange to people if people even kind of recognize him who he is. So I thought that was interesting to have him back. I kind of had to like I had a double take. I was like, I thought he was dead. So but this was one of the things I kind of did like about it because Darth Maul was kind of the best thing about the Phantom Menace. And He's alive in the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. You looked that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I looked it story. up because we thought that initially we thought that this maybe took place before Darth Maul died. And right. so I looked this up while... But I was like, the you, timeline we were, didn't yeah, work. Because we went so, with, yeah. Right. So whenever you were kind of away, I like looked it up and found out about the, the animated series and how he actually came back to life and was became part of like the um criminal un- underbelly and so he and was he kind of like built himself like spider legs i think originally uh, and then he yeah. kind of went crazy and then he they, yeah he they was crazy him. and his brother finds him right. and helps to nurse him back to health right. and, then, yeah. and then he joins his crime so he's ultimately the head of crimson yeah Dawn. so this happens not in the like it, this doesn't happen before so this happens after he this gets chopped after, in half yeah. right so i i like that part because i like how they're now bringing together the animated series and the movies. So the animated series has always been part of canon. So you have the Clone Wars and Rebels, but the storylines have always kind of taken place separate from the movies. So the characters have overlapped. So you've you've had Obi-Wan and Anakin and both, but yeah. the stories have kind of been separate. So I like the fact that they're kind of bringing this 
these two worlds together. I think that it's, it's going to be hard for them to write stories that stay consistent. I think right. I think they're, they're weaving these together. I think they're and and you get into that issue with Marvel a lot. I think Marvel runs into this problem where they kind of started where hey we have a timeline. Everything's taking place kind of in the current time. So if the movie comes out in 2010, it's 2010 in the in the MCU. But then they get five years down the road, like a Spider-Man Homecoming, and they need to have the characters be a teenager. So they say the battle in New York happened uh, in you know five years ago as opposed to 10 years ago. And people start you know calling them on timeline issues. So I think you may run into some of that. For sure. But I think, I think it's good. And one thing I read is people think they kind of brought him back and they're introducing the storyline because in Rebels, he ultimately dies at the hands of Obi-Wan Kenobi and there's a rumored Obi-Wan Kenobi movie in um, production where he he's older. So it's kind of that time again, his time in between three and four. So if you have Darth Maul live, you can kind of play out that in uh, on screen. Yeah. Thanks That's for talking thing. long enough there, by the way, for me to sneak in a quick game of emoji blitz. Oh I appreciate my, that. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no problem. So, um, but I, I think that I'm almost like, I pretty much have named most of the cons, um, but the one other thing that did bug me, um, same as, you know, them killing Tandy Newton's character off, you know, similar to that, is that it doesn't pass the Brechtel test. That was a bit frustrating. And what is, what is, refresh my memory again on this, what, what the Brechtel test is? Okay, so the... Because um, the- it, it's, it, it's about two women discussing something. Yeah. So- in a plot, so I think, and they're not... But yeah. it's, I forget what it's, it can't be. It's like they have to be discussed. So they have to, it has like to be at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Okay. So okay. there were very, there were three female characters in the movie. Um, one of them died in the first act. One of them was the femme fatale, the sexy femme fatale. And, and then that the, was Amelia Millie Clark's character. Yes. And then the third one was L3, who was a droid. Yeah, yeah. So. And um, I kind of want to talk about her as well. Yes, we will we'll definitely get, talk we'll about her. But there's one scene in the movie, and it's the only scene where two female characters talk to each other, and it's where Kira and L3 have a conversation. And what do they talk about? But their relationships with their respective men. So it's kind of a funny scene. I mean, it's when L3 shares that she thinks that Lando is in love with her, and Amelia is talking about, and they're talking about um, how Han has a big crush on, um, not Amelia, but on uh, Kira. So... I mean, it is a funny exchange, but at the same time, it kind of doesn't pass yeah, that and, test. And like like, you said, there's not really the, ma- many women in it anyway, so there's yeah. not many opportunities for them to discuss. But kind of moving to L3 a little bit, I I think that's another... I, I have to feel like that's another place where with the change in directors, something got cut there. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because her, she's a droid who is kind of self-built, so she has built herself from the parts of other droids. Wait, is that what self-built means? Built herself? Well, thank you for clarifying, Jeff. So, (laughs) but that's never, that's never said, that's never said in the movie though. That was kind of from the synopsis before the movie came out. So you really don't understand her character seems just kind of out there. You know, her trying to liberate the droids, they definitely talk about, but they don't talk about the other part of it. But her and Lando are kind of the comedic relief. But there's only like bits and pieces of it. I feel like there's more there and I feel like they could have been utilized more. Absolutely. Uh, L3 ultimately dies. She does kind of play a part because they help her in the castle run. They upload her brain into the ship for right. navigation. But I just feel like there was more to that character and there was more humor there that just got cut. 
Right. I, I was just trying, I was looking through this, this little article about her being kind of the heart of the film. The article I was looking at, um, it's fr- from the Atlantic and it says that the soul of Solo is a droid. So, and I think that even the title itself really says a lot. I think that she was smart and she was spunky and she was a lot like she was a fun character yeah i liked her i thought she was a great character and that's why i wish i would like to have seen more of her and same with lando i thought uh donald glover did a great job yeah he played a really good job he was more charismatic as lando than um i don't know the actor's name unfortunately right yeah than he was at playing solo and i'm not blaming it on him obviously i thought he did well as han solo he didn't try to he didn't try to imitate yeah. Harrison Ford. He made it his own. But I would have liked to have seen more Lando. And I L3. think it was more the writing than the acting. Right. So yeah. I think that I think they were two bright spots. Yeah. In, I, the, in the movie, I, I would like to have seen more. Yeah, of them. I appreciated her agency and her stubbornness and her advocacy for robot rights. I thought it was kind of funny and also interesting because a lot of people have concerns about this going forward as our technology advances. Uh, it is an right. interesting thing to think about. Like, how much should we be allowed to, you know? control what robots do but this was a long long time ago so it's okay we're past all of this this happened way in the past but speaking of droids i gotta bring up thing no r2d2 no c3po this is the first movie i think that should have been a red flag this is the first movie (laughs) they have not been in in any of the star wars movies but interestingly enough anthony daniels who plays c3po was in the movie he played wait who was he he played one of the wookies what yeah, at at the um, at the Kessel Spice Mines, they they Chewbacca free some other Wookies, and he actually played one of the Wookies. So he was in the movie, but C three PO and R two D two. He was the one that the had like not a lot of hair on his face, right? Yeah, he looked. It was a very creepy looking. Wookie. Yeah, he was a creepy Wookie. Yeah, he, he's Chewbacca's friend. So if Wait. you see the movie, he's the one that's kind of friends with Chewbacca and wants him to come. He's the one that's kind of asking Chewbacca to come with them. Uh, speaking of you know some pros and t- speaking of of the Wookies, um, one of my pros, the first pro actually that I have listed is. Chewy's beach waves. Uh, the the amount of beach waves and like just his how beach nice bod. his beach bot. No, not, not the bot. Not the bot. It's the waves the hair. that he has going Those on his hair. Fabio I wish hair. I knew what kind of product he was using in that hair because I I'm looking for a new heatless summer routine that I would like to kind of incorporate into Chewbacca you know, hair my, products. Yeah, Chewbacca hair products. I'm all in. That's a market. You know so what? A, That's another market, thing that Disney market, doesn't sell. There's a market. They right should there. hire me. I came up with the uh, Tree of Life air freshener, and now Chewbacca hair products. That's a free idea for Disney. Yep. Hey, Disney, hit me up. I got lots of them. So, yeah, I think that was pretty cool. And I also appreciated the uh, the the space kraken. I thought the space kraken was a pretty cool little creature. I, I thought that scene was interesting. And yeah, I- so that's kind of... And, and that was my problem, I think, overall, thinking about what why didn't I love this movie? So I think the fact that it's an origin story kind of without the origin. So the only reason the movie works at all is because we know who Han Solo turns into. Yeah, we, absolutely. We know because in this movie, there's not a lot. I mean, ultimately at the end of it, he does help kind of the uh, the rebellion side of things. The character Ifus. is weak. He, he helps Iphis at the end. You know, he, he, he has a heart and he doesn't turn the coaxium over to Crimson Dawn. He gives it to Iphis and the rebellion. But that's kind of the only thing. Throughout the rest of the movie, I mean, he's just going around trying to steal from people. Um, you know, he tries to to win Lando's ship. And I would have liked. There's not a ton that that he does that's really great qualities. But you know, he turns into something great, and I think that's why why he does well. But I think the problem is, and why this may not be doing well, is because a lot of people, 
I think nowadays don't know the original Han Solo because Han Solo was in four, five, and six that came out in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So I think a lot of people alive today, especially our age, only know him from episode seven where he plays Kylo Ren's dad and dies. Yeah. And so you don't really. But he's still pretty awesome in that one. He is cool. He but is, you he don't is have awesome. that background, right? Yeah. But you don't have that background, and that's the only reason. I mean, we've seen all the movies, so we have that background. So because you know he ultimately turns into a great guy, it, you kind of. Uh, you know that, that some of his act- actions become permissible right, just that, because you right. know of what he yeah, becomes. Yeah, you know he's just doing it because he has to. But this movie doesn't play it like that. Right. I think a more interesting movie would have been his childhood on Corellia. Right. Um, seeing more of that right. background, the actual and, origin. Cause, yeah, because, because he's it, he has an interesting like he works for like a crime lord uh, woman. I don't remember. What yeah, he he's basically he's like a slave. He's kind of like she a slave. provides. Exactly. Yeah, she provides some safety for him, and he has to steal things for her in order to, you know, stay safe. So I think that that's a really interesting thing that they sort of breezed over. Right. That, that was my point about an origin story without an origin, is right. the fact that they're trying to tell you, hey, this is how Han Solo became Han Solo. But the fact is, you whenever you see the movie, the first five minutes are him trying to escape, and then it jumps three years into the future, and he already kind of is who he is. He just happens to fall in with, with Beckett and everyone and on this heist, and then from there, you know, he does the Kessel Run, he gets the Millennium Falcon, and then it's it. So basically, the whole the whole point of the movie was just to kind of show you what you already know about him. It didn't really tell me anything of how he uh, got to where he but was. But it does tell us the origin of Han Solo's name, which I thought was a, a cute little nod. I thought, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, liked I thought it. it was okay. I mean, that's a typical thing that happens so a lot when people... Whenever I, I've seen this in many different origin stories where they tell you how somebody got a certain name, but I liked when he goes up and he says he's the only one of his name, and the guy just makes up Soldo for him. So, I thought, yeah, I thought that was clever. I, was good, I enjoyed yeah, that. I thought it was a good nod. I do think they overplayed that dice, though. I mean, his dice were a huge thing, and it was like well, in so many in so eggs, many yeah. shots. He, he's just grabbing his dice and his dice play is such a big thing that they really they really try to push it. One thing I mentioned the castle. Ride. It was kind of like you see what we did there. You yeah, see yeah, what we yeah. did there, it was right? A little, it was a little heavy-handed with that. The Kessel Run, I mean, it wasn't... And this is... See, this is kind of the other problem. It's like, do we really need to see him doing the Kessel Run? I mean, there's so much talk that of how he did the Kessel Run. He talks about it all the time in, in episodes four, five, and six. It's kind of the one, one of the things he's famous for. But in the movie, I mean, it's not really anything that great. I mean, he's kind of f- flying through a wormhole, and ultimately they use L3's brain... They upload it into the Millennium Falcon so that they can navigate. And then he has help from Beckett who puts the coaxium in the fuel cells to kind of propel it. So it wasn't like he did it himself. So it kind of almost loses something. It's like once you see it, like it sounds really cool when everybody's like, oh, you're the guy that did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Mm-hmm. It, sound, it sounds really neat. And then when you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. he's just kind of flying. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a little underwhelming. Yeah, and I don't know if if you thought of this, but when I was watching it, I always thought parsecs was a time measurement. So um, how how quick something was? I don't. Did you think that? I know it's a real thing. Right, but I always thought it was a measurement of time. So when somebody says you did something in in twelve parsecs, that makes it seem. I still like, kind of think that's what it is. What is it again? So it's not a unit of time. It's a unit of measure. So a parsec is actually like three light years so it's like 19 trillion miles per parsec so it's actually a unit of distance so when i wait please I, excuse me while i pick my brain up off the ground so but i always thought it was a, a lot u- of zeros <laughs> it is 
But I always thought it was a unit of time. Because if somebody is impressed with how how quickly you do something, that's usually what they say. Like, wow, you did that in like like if you ran a mile in five minutes, somebody'd be like, You did a mile in five minutes? Like that's impressive. So I was kind of thinking that. So when I watched it and it's taking forever, I'm like my sleep. Sure. I mean, you run fast. I don't know if you run that fast. I would be dying. Yeah. Like, I would literally die. But I was watching it, and it was, like, going kind of slow. And I'm thinking, like, is this 12 parsecs? Like, I would have thought this happened a lot faster. But what it makes more sense now, you know, it's a unit of distance. So he made the Kessel Run in the shortest amount of distance kind of possible. They said it's impossible to do in under 20, and he takes a shortcut through a wormhole. I don't know if it's technically called a wormhole, but, yes. but so that so it makes more it sense. It was the Maelstrom, yes, right? That's what, it, that's, yeah. that's what it was, and that's kind of where that that space kraken was in the there. space kraken, yeah. Right, so it makes. More, I hope that it was in the credits as the space kraken. Space kraken. So it makes more sense now that I know it's a distance measurement, and maybe everybody else out there already knew it was distance and it wasn't thinking it was time. But if you thought it was a unit of time, and he did it quickly, he didn't do it necessarily quickly. He just did it in the shortest distance possible. But again, I mean, once you kind of see that, it's like, hey, and again, and when he won the Millennium Falcon, we know he wins it in, in a card game from Lando. I think the only thing that was good is he didn't win it in the first card game. He had to win it in the second card game. Mm-hmm. So the first one, it, he's he's piling it up. He's winning. They lead you to believe. Yeah, I enjoyed that part because I thought like, oh, okay, this is where he, how he does it. And then he did it. And I'm like, well, he ends up with it. I know he does. So that Right. And it turns like out that. that Lando cheated the yeah. first time. He yeah. had a card up his sleeve. That, then, yeah, I really did think that was well done. I'm glad you brought that back And see, up. that was good. Because that, then when he hugs him and he, yeah. sma- like he and smashes it. And that's in line it, with yeah. Lando's character. That's why I said Lando was, was a great part of the movie. And then, yeah, then the second time he sees that card, he takes it, and then he wins because it's fair and square. He's definitely uh, better at cards. Yeah. So, But, yeah, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. But, again, I mean, ultimately, did we need to really see him win the card game? I don't think so. I would have much rather liked to see him growing up you know than, than kind of what we saw and, and i think the other problem that people probably I, have, I feel like this is more of the second movie maybe than the first yeah yeah this was this was yeah if they were always going to have multiple movies again yeah this was probably this should have been the sequel you should have had right. more maybe of we an could have bought more into their love story too because right. it just seemed like a teenage romance right and it's like almost um, like i'm like you don't end up with her and you I end s- up with leia yeah. I, I what's the point of it well i'm not I'm not invested in this. Hey, yeah, what's the, I see, what's I see the point really of Smallville like with Lana Lang? <laughs> well, but that... But, but it was well-developed, though. But, like, with Smallville, she has a history in the comic books. I mean, right, Superman has other girlfriends. Same with, like, Spider-Man. You know, there's Gwen Stacy There's the, before there's Mary Jane. I thought you were going to say Gwen Stefani. I was like, no. whoa, where's that at? <laughs> no. 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 Gwen no holler, Stefani. No holler back girl. So, but, yeah. So, I mean, there's a history there. I mean, with this, it's kind of like... I mean, I know she really has no history. She doesn't show up. So it's just kind of strange. I think the other thing people probably have an issue with this movie is, yes, it's one of the Star Wars sagas. So it's not an episodic Star Wars. So Rogue One, you know, definitely deviated somewhat. But Rogue One still had a lot of the Star Wars elements in it. There weren't necessarily Jedi, but there were force powers in it. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader was in it, which was everybody's favorite part of the movie. So I think that kind of should tell Disney and Lucasfilm, hey, people really don't necessarily care about these side characters because everybody's favorite part of rogue one was the fact that they knew they knew who darth vader was because he's the most recognizable person whether you've seen four five and six or not you know who darth vader is again with han solo if you haven't seen four five and six 
you really have no background on him and you don't have that interest. And this movie assumes you know everything about him. I think it's just a general good rule of thumb for all movies and all sequels and all things to not rely on the viewer to develop the character. The character development need it every movie should be treated kind of as if it's its own entity. So, I mean, it is really frustrating that they they piggyback so much off of what we already knew and loved about Han Solo because it it didn't hold up enough at least for me and I think you like you're saying right. too it didn't Right. So I think you know it was good that it it was written by you know people that have written the Star Wars movies in the past but then I also think it kind of hampered them by the fact that they know the character so well it's then mm-hmm. becomes hard it's kind of that that principle where when you know something it's the issue of you have the knowledge you're kind of the curse of knowledge so if you already know how to do something it's very hard yeah it's very hard not to know it to think about being a teacher i can tell you that it happens all the time yeah it's hard for you to explain to somebody who doesn't know it because in your mind you can't imagine what it's like not to know right so when you know this character so well it's hard to imagine somebody that doesn't know it and then write it in a way that you kind of then care for the character yeah exactly but i think overall i mean we've kind of been harsh in the movie again i think besides that if you enjoy star wars there's still it, you're still kind of in that world yes there's not jedis there's not lightsabers in any of this um, uh yeah there is that was actually one of my points it darth maul summons a a lightsaber <laughs> in in like the little holographic thing and, I, and that was actually one of my notes like why like there's nobody trying to attack him or anything he just he just uses the force to to summon the the lightsaber, and he was talking to Kira. Like there was no reason for it. It I looked actually, cool. I, I actually liked that. almost think they may have shown that just to remind people who he was. Oh come on! Because I've he, never seen one two. But one, he two, has. Three, right? But he has because he's very and well known for the two bladed lightsaber. Right. I mean, you haven't seen the whole movies, but you've kind of seen characters because I mean, of me I've known about Star, but Star because, Wars forever I but because of me yeah you you've known, loved it. yeah you've known Star Wars is you know what he looks like but I think you know his lightsaber is very iconic so I think they kind of pull that in just so you really knew hey this is Darth Maul I mean he yeah. has a very distinctive face I mean you, you should know by looking at him but I think it was just a cool He's call like back. the crown of horns yeah <laughs> you know what? But I I also read that his lightsaber was a little bit different than it was in those. Movies. Yeah, he had like a he had like a blade on it. Yeah, it was thing. different because there was like an evolution of the lightsaber, and he also looked aged. Right. As well, yeah. Because so. yeah, he's because he's, he's older, older. But he's those older. were some right. cool like little hints yeah, they gave cool. us. But other than that, you know what I'm saying? Look, there's no lightsaber fighting or anything. Right. Right. There's right, no right. there's no fight. So, but besides that, I mean, it's still you're still kind of in that Star Wars universe. It's still is Han Solo. Chewbacca's good in it. Lando's good in it. Uh, it's a good movie. Like I said, it's a solid movie. But I wouldn't necessarily rush out to see it in theaters. If there's I mean, something else you want to see out there, like that, Deadpool, that you think's better, <laughs> we didn't we didn't go see that. But, but yeah, there, there's other stuff. If you want to go see Avengers again, I think Avengers is Avengers a far is better movie. Solid, like, yeah. far better movie. Solid. And I'm this. tough on movies. Yeah. That was so solid. I, I would um I would go see that again before I yeah. So I yeah, I see this. You could wait or you could still see it. It's a decent movie. But I will say so out of this movie. I think other movies that would be good is I think a Lando movie because I think Lando was was really good in this. I think right. Donald Glover's Lando would be great. You know what would be cool? You know what I haven't we haven't had and I would like it probably like a movie about a droid. Would you? I like the droids. Like I, I feel like they're the bright be, spot of all of the different movies. I think uh, that would be good. I think though the problem with that is it would have to be C three PO and R two D two. 
and we already know know so much about them. So we'd run into the same issues we yeah. ran into. Yeah, I don't this. think I think it'd be interesting. I mean, that's definitely something they're making so many now TV series and movie trilogies that kind of are separate from the main Star Wars universe that maybe they could do something like that. But I think the issue would be is you'd have to use the two most famous droids. But the other thing I wanted to say real quick though with Darth Maul is I I would want to see a movie about him. Yeah. A movie about him kind of playing out that that Rebels storyline where he doesn't die in episode one. He he You're he really pulls showing him. your soft spot for the bad guys right now. <laughs> but I think he's because they think did that with Anakin. Yeah, but I think that's I just think it would be so interesting because you could have him being a crime lord, you could kind of have almost that like Godfather esque style movie. That's one of the <laughs> things they're trying to do with these saga movies is take them tonally away from the Star Wars episode. So Rogue One was a war movie, which I really liked. You know, Solo is a heist movie, which is a heist movie. I think it's a decent heist movie. It's just the fact that I mean it's no Ocean's Eleven. Or... Yeah, I mean the the fact that you have to. They just don't develop the characters well enough. They they kind of I feel they they want you to bring in what you know about the characters. But it's a decent heist movie. But to kind of have like a Godfather esque movie about the dark side and the criminal underworld of the Star Wars universe, because really the only bad guys in the Star Wars universe right now are the Sith. Mm-hmm. So to have this kind of criminal underbelly and have other villains, you know, Jabba the Hutt's involved in that. That's kind of where he comes in. To kind of have that, I just think that would be a very interesting movie. And I think, I mean, they're doing a movie with Boba Fett now. And Boba Fett, he's definitely a fan favorite, but he's in one movie for a few minutes. I really, <laughs> I think they're going to run into this issue again where a lot of people nowadays do not know who Boba Fett is because he was in episodes they, four and five. I mean, they're trying to appeal to the fanboys, though. I mean... Yeah, to an extent, but I think a lot of the people... If they make it, if they don't do what they did with this one, they could develop that character and make him likable, maybe. I, That's what they're going to have to do. They're, I mean, gonna, they're, they're definitely going to have to give you backstory because nobody him, knows anything we don't, about him. I mean, from the movies, we don't know a lot, so maybe they won't fall into the same trap they fell into with I this guess. one. Like, you, you, got a you little, have an established character. You yeah, got a little like, bit more backstory on him, though, in episodes one, two, and three, so there is a little bit in there. But I just think it's, you know, you're kind of going to be pulling at stuff for a character that I don't think a lot of people know. A lot of people, I mean, The Force Awakens has made over $2 billion. The Last Jedi made almost $2 billion. So, but the people seeing it now, I think those are the characters that people know. I think... They're starting to go see these movies and they go, where's Ray? Yeah. Where's Finn? And when they're not there, they're like, this isn't Star Wars. Yeah. And so I think, I think they're going to run into those issues. But a lot of people like Darth Maul, and that's at least more recent. I mean, episode one came out in 99. So it's at least a little bit more recent. I just think it'd be, I just think it'd be really interesting. So yeah, that would be pretty cool. So I think that's pretty much it for our show today. Yeah, I don't have anything to add except for the fact that Ron's Ron Howard's brother had a cameo in the movie. I thought that was kind of interesting. He was one of the guys that was in the cage matches in the cantina. He was one of the guys right there. Oh, okay. He, that's he frequently cool. puts his brother, I guess, in his movies. I saw that, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That's 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 pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Before we go, this is kind of our fourth episode uh, so far. We just released a week ago, so we kind of recorded the first few episodes before we actually released the podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. The first few episodes have finally kind of gone out to the public. I just want to thank everybody that's downloaded so far. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Pr- provided a rating. Big thank you. Um, Many s- thanks. Subscribe, provided a rating or a review. Uh, if you haven't done so, uh, and if and you like what you know you hear, if you could subscribe, like I said, we're on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. 
leave us a review or a rating. Uh, everything helps, you know, really appreciate it. And any feedback you have as well, good or bad, you know, let us know. So I think that's it for our show this week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks and have, and have a, a magical, magical day. day.